to Totalus Rankium. This week, Majorian! And welcome to Roman Emperor's Totalus Rankium. I am Jamie. And I'm Rob, ranking all of the emperors from Augustus to Augustus. And here we are on episode 79, Ooh. Majorian. Ooh, I've heard his name. <laughs> yeah, yes, I've just said it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but you've heard it before. Uh, didn't you mention that he became emperor? To be honest, I'm a bit out of the loop because it's been two weeks. Yeah. So done a... That's a long time, isn't it? It is in my world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, would you like a recap? That'd be useful. Thank that you. would be useful. Here we go then. Augustus. <laughs> we'll Two a... boys captured by a wolf. <laughs> yeah, we'll skip a bit. Right. Um, let's go from Valentinian III's death. Yes. He kills Aetius, stabby, stabby to the face yeah. in a meeting. Ooh, yeah. Mastermind behind the plot was Petronius. Yes. Standing at the side, twiddling his moustache, cackling. Yeah. He was then stoned to death a few months later because he tried to run away from the vandals. They were knocking on the door. Yeah. Hi. Up in Gaul at that time, Avitus was having a meal with Theoderic, yep. the king of the Goths. Yep. Theoderic turns around and says, you know what, Avitus, I can see you in purple. Bring out the blue in your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> it got quite intimate. Avitus yeah. couldn't help but feel that Theoderic was onto a point there. Yes. I would look good in purple. Yeah, I would. Well, let's do yeah. this. So he goes for it. And it turns out that all the senators in Gaul thought it was a brilliant idea. Ooh. And all the senators in Italy thought it was a terrible idea. Ooh. Yeah, lots of people fell out. When Avitus finally headed to Rome, people didn't like all these gothic barbarians hanging around Rome. Doesn't feel like Rome anymore. No, so Avitus, not insensitive to this, sends them away. Then Majorian, popular general, and yep. Ricimer popular general, oh, yeah. then stage a coup. Avitus scarpers quickly, yep. thinking I'd best go and get some troops just before this coup really kicks off. <laughs> Turns out the coup had already kicked off. Oh, dear. They chase him down. They turn him into a bishop. Oh, I remember that. Yes. Mm. By just placing a bishop hat on him, <laughs> I think, is how you do it. And then, was he travelling somewhere? Yes. And he accidentally brutally cut his head off while combing his hair? Yes. Excellent. And he died. Yeah. So there you go, that catches us up. Nice. Yeah. So Majorian's a general in the army. He's done a pigeon attempt with his friend Rickimer. Yeah. And he wants to be the emperor. We'll see. Oh. Yeah. Always a tension between Rickimer and Majorian. We will see. Does 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 Majorian <laughs> not want to be the emperor, but Rickimer makes him? We will see. Any other predictions? No. No. It's going to be one of them. Yeah. <laughs> right, here we go then. Majorian. His early life. He was born... In approximately 420. Oh, born in the 20s, nice. So a lot younger than Avitus, who was in his 70s by the time <laughs> he became the emperor. Yeah. He was born as Flavius Julius Valerius Majorianus. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We are, what, six episodes till the end? We're still laughing Still at laughing anus. at the anus. We don't know anything of Majorian's childhood, but we do know that when he was old enough, he joined the military. He did this under Aetius himself. Okay. Yeah. This would have been around 440, so Majorian's about 20 at this point, and Aetius is at the height of his powers. Mm. This is when he's beaten the civil war against Boniface, yeah. and he's running around Gaul, and he's stamping on all the people in Gaul, reminding them who's boss. To do it, he's hired all those Hunnic mercenaries. Nice. Yes. 
This is before Attila invades. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So all that's going on, and um, Majorian would have been there fighting. While there, Majorian met a man who would come to define the age. <gasps> Rickamer. Rickamer. Yes. I've said the last two episodes, oh, you're going to get to know Rickamer. Now we start to get to know him a little bit more. Okay. Yes. Rickamer was maybe uh, about 15 years older than Majorian, okay. we, we think, roughly. So his senior, he also worked for Aetius. So they probably were about the same level in terms of status in the army. That'd be so annoying. Imagine imagine me now, or you now with a 16-year-old. Yeah, that would be a bit annoying. And you're the same level. Yeah, maybe they weren't at the same, same level. We don't know for certain. Some people would argue that Majorian was working under Rickamer and that's how they knew each other. We don't know enough to really understand the extent of their relationship at this time. But we can assume they got on well enough. Regardless. Well, yeah, we can infer that straight away. No, we're not certain what Majorian got up to in the army. Only one line survives. So I will quote here. Stabby, stabby. <laughs> yes. Majorian warred as a mounted man close to the bridge itself. So at some point he was on a horse near a bridge. <laughs> that narrows it down. Yeah, it does. Imagine that, though, your whole life, my whole <laughs> early life, summed up... <laughs> But probably something very routine. And there he stood near the corner shop, new £10 in hand. And that's it. That's all anyone that's knew about it. Yeah. I'm really sad. I know you live in a city and you have access to money. Yeah. Yeah, I can infer some. But I don't know anything about the allegations. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, we can infer that he was a member of the cavalry, probably leading the cavalry, thinking yeah. of his social status. The bridge part was probably incidental. Unless he loved bridges. Oh, maybe he's a bridge builder, but a metaphorical one. Oh, maybe. Not a literal. Yeah, but people don't quite understand that, so they keep buying him models of bridges for his yes. birthday. It's like, guys, I don't like bridges. I, I build bridges, but I don't like build bridges. I, I, oh, no, I like build <laughs> bridges. Not build bridges. Build. <laughs> yeah. And his mum... For his 30th birthday, got him like a load of wood and nails and stuff. And for you, you can make it however you want. Is that just Roman Lego? Yeah. <laughs> wood and wood nails. nails. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the hammer comes separate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he was doing that in the army. Guys, guys. <laughs> don't fight. Can't we all just get along? <laughs> Let's play a team building game with a ball of string. This puts him in charge of a cavalry unit in 447-ish while fighting the Franks. So okay. we, we know he was getting up to that. A couple of years later... Attila invades. Attila. Is <laughs> that what all the goths sang as he came <laughs> yeah. across the Rhine? Yeah. Oh, I could imagine that. It's like a really choral kind of... Oh, close army singing. Oh, that'd be amazing. Attila. We can't do that. No, we but if... can't sing <laughs> If, if we got people who could, it would sound amazing. We don't have an account of what Majorian was doing when Attila invaded, but I think... It's safe to assume he was probably still with Aetius. And in that case, yeah. he probably took part in the battle which saw Attila defeated for the first time. Mm. So it's a possibility. Yeah, that's so a potential point. Possibility, maybe, perhaps, he might have been, perhaps, in the army that probably beat Attila. A bit more likely than that, but yeah, roughly. <laughs> and let's do a bit more speculation, because I think if he was in this battle, he probably did quite well in it. Yeah. Because a year later... Valentinian III starts to think about marrying his daughter to someone. Ooh. Yeah. He has no sons, remember, did Valentinian? No. So he's looking around for a sparkly young general who would uh, be an appropriate match for his daughter Placidia. And who better, he thinks, 
than the possibly, we're speculating here, but hero of the recent <laughs> battle against Attila, Majorian. He'd make Ooh. a fine young son-in-law, yeah. thinks the emperor. But as we've already seen, Aetius scuppers that plan. Yes. Yeah, Aetius yeah. then decides that Placidia would be far better suited for his son. So, <laughs> wedding's off. Majorian, very close to becoming son-in-law of the emperor there, but no oh, luck. That must have been so annoying. Yeah, it really would have been, wouldn't it? According to one source, it was Aetius's wife who convinced Aetius to do this. Aetius's wife apparently convinces Aetius that Majorian's going to rise to be even better than him, unless he's taken down a peg or two. Them some big words. Yeah. But uh, this is probably just sexism from the sources. Yeah. <laughs> Let's blame the wife for that one, shall yeah. we? Yeah, why Women. Not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, like, like we've said, Majorian's not only down a potential wife here, but the politics meant that he was also thrown out of the army. What? And then banished what? to his estates. Yeah, the Aetius doesn't go, oh no, actually, Emperor, I think your daughter should marry my son. He wants to really make sure that Majorian's <laughs> not tempting. Maybe Majorian's just incredibly good-looking. Oh, maybe he's like Prince Charming levels of good looking. So it's like slightly flowing blonde hair, yeah. massive blue eyes. <laughs> Square chin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, people have to shave their eyes when he smiles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's... Perfect. So the only way that Placidia's not going to want to marry yeah. him thinks Aetius got to get him out of the way. His beautiful baritone voice. <laughs> yes. Glistening chest. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Majorian. Oh, I'm liking this episode. Yeah, this, this is Majorian. Yeah. So. <laughs> Bridge builder, good looker. Doing all right for himself, isn't <laughs> yes, he? Yes. <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah, so Majorian spends the next four years living a quiet life in his villa. <laughs> There's hordes of women banging the door. <laughs> Let us in. Like in the Diet Coke adverts, yeah. just <laughs> staring through the windows as he's just doing his workouts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then news arrives one day, halfway through a workout. Yeah. Valentinian III had hacked Aesius's face to pieces in a meeting. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Hmm. Valentinian III also wanted Majorian to come and calm down the troops. They were a little bit angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, the troops obviously all loved Aetius, but they also loved Majorian. So Valentinian yeah. three thinks, oh, let's get Majorian to calm everyone yeah. down. So you know that you know what you need in that kind of situation? A bridge builder. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so Majorian seems to do a reasonable job at doing this, right up until two of Aetius's men kill Valentinian three uh. when wound up by Petronius. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> so come and calm the troops down, they might revolt. I'll do what I can. <laughs> So Valentinian III's dead. The empire is thrown into chaos. Valentinian III has no heir. Who would become emperor? Eudoxia, Valentinian III's very recent widow, mm. threw her support behind the young, charismatic, and we speculate, hot Majorian. <laughs> See, it all makes sense. This it works. Does, yeah, it yeah. works. Yeah. <laughs> the old lady, like in the, the yeah. attractive. Ooh. Yeah. She seems to have some success. There was some rallying round the idea of Majorian becoming the next emperor. However, the man behind the assassination of Valentinian, Petronius, 
obviously has a head start. He knew it was going to happen. So he was able to wangle his way into the top job. Not only that, if you remember, he forces himself upon Eudoxia and marries her. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, We don't have Majorian's opinion on this. We can guess he's not too happy. You wouldn't be, would you? You really wouldn't be. He was going to be the son-in-law to the Emperor... That failed. Then he was going to be the emperor, but that's failed. And despite all his strong ties to the royal family, they seem to quite like him. It's just not really going anywhere for him. He's cut out. Yeah. However, Petronius wasn't a complete fool, and not a complete one, (laughs) and realised that uh, he didn't want a disenfranchised Majorian hanging around. So he's got two choices. Three choices. Kill, banish, or friend. If friend is a verb. <laughs> Befriend. That's the word I was looking for. Could, uh, could he send him away? Like you, 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 you can look after his army however it is in Asia. Not Asia Minor. <laughs> Asia the, Major. The, the real one. Yeah. I'm sending you to China. <laughs> what? Good luck. No, he, he doesn't send him away. Possibly what I would have done. Hmm. No, he offers him the position of commander of the Imperial Guard. Um, I'd, I'd see a bit of a flaw in that. <laughs> Well, this does indicate that maybe Petronius and Majorian didn't hate each other. Maybe they got on all right. Maybe this was politically wrangling for the job, but it was more a case of, ah, Petronius got there before me, rather than hating each other. Oh, fair enough. Maybe it was just like that. We just don't know enough details. It was then the Vandals invaded. Petronius took one look at them and ran, and then was stoned to death. Despite what I've just said, note how little the Imperial Guard did to save him in this story. It's <laughs> on the side, leaning back on a rock. <laughs> Cigarette in hand. Oh, so, dear me. So the Emperor being stoned to death. Yep. <sighs> Sucks to be him. It's going to hurt in the morning. Doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like that. <laughs> so again, the West has no Emperor. Perhaps this is time for Majorian to make his move. But there are two important things stopping him from claiming the purple right now. Number one, Rome was in the middle of being sacked by barbarians. <laughs> yeah, They're there, taking all the purple robes. Yeah, exactly. There were vandals everywhere. All of them dressed up like the emperor. It's like fancy dress. Brilliant. Majorian running around desperately searching for one. Can't find a robe. Damn it! Yeah, it's just hard to start your campaigning, isn't it? When yeah. people are literally stripping the roofs off the temples. That's true, yeah. So I've got a lovely idea of political camp, but no. Okay. Hey, anyone want to listen? <laughs> Stop screaming! <laughs> Public services could be much... No? Oh, okay. We really need to sort the guttering out. Look, it, the blood is overflowing. <laughs> no one's we, cleaned these drains for months. Look, we need pools everywhere. Far better drainage in the city. <laughs> yeah. So there was that problem. The second problem, his biggest supporter, Eudoxia, yeah. has just been kidnapped and taken to Africa. Oh, yeah. 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 So he loses that power base. Yeah. By the time Majorian starts to build up his base, a letter comes through from Gaul. It's from Avitus, Petronius's father-in-law. He had declared himself emperor. Oh. The Italian Senate, not best pleased about this. What? what, what, what? Bunch of Gallic people. How dare they? They're not true Romans, they said for quite a while. But just before they threw the letter in the fire with a scoff, a hearty scoff, (laughs) someone pointed out that there was a postscript. So, oh, is that something written on the back? And yes, P.S. I have all of the Goths behind me. 
I vote we make him emperor. <laughs> yes, yes. Always love the Gauls. They're great. Great bunch of folk. Yeah. It was clear to all, although there wasn't an explicit threat in this letter, Italy is simply too weak to hold off the Goths at mm. the moment. So if they want to veto us, and all of the Gaul want to veto us, they're going to have to deal with having a Vetus. Could also be due to the Senate going, actually, that's an army we can use. As well. Yeah, yeah. It just made no sense to fight this. Well, no, you can't. It's unwinnable. Yeah, they've just been sacked. Someone's ready to step in with an army. Yeah, you just got to let that happen. By this time, if not before, Majorian and his old friend Rickamer had started to work together. We don't know when they start to work together, so let's say it's now. Imagine Rick. Brilliant. Once Avitus arrived, the two made it clear to the new emperor that they were needed. Yeah. Fair enough, you can be emperor, but we're going to be needed here. Both were very capable military men, and the Vandals were still raiding Italy and the Mediterranean islands. So as we looked at last week, just like Petronius, Avitus decides the best way to deal with Ricker and Majorian is to promote them. But he also does the your idea of just sending them away as well. So both were given important roles in fighting back the Vandal raids. If you remember, Ricimer goes down to Sicily and Majorian goes to Corsica. Yeah. Both Ricimer and Majorian have rounding success and beat the Vandals back. Majorian found his support growing within Italy. And while in Corsica, word came through that Avitus had decided to head to Gaul. Meanwhile, Ricimer had destroyed Avitus's few troops in Ravenna. Oh dear. Yes. Majorian goes, ah, it's on, is it? <laughs> so he hey. heads back to the mainland, meets up with Rickema. Together they track down Avitus. And this is where they hand Avitus the bishop hat. Put this on. <laughs> I don't want to be a bishop. <laughs> and then they had him killed shortly afterwards. Yeah. Once again, there is no emperor in the West. And that catches us up. Yeah. So let's find out what happens next. Became emperor. Not quite. Oh. No, it's not quite as smooth as that. Things were tense. Not many people liked Avitus in Italy, but if you remember, Gaul and the Goths were very much behind him. Yeah. So we've still got this Gallic-Italian split. Remember, the West at the moment is essentially Italy and Gaul. Yeah. Spain's overrun. Yeah. Britain's gone. Africa's yeah. overrun. And the Danube area is being ruled by Marcellinus. Probably a bit of a stretch for an empire now, wouldn't it? It's it's not looking good. <laughs> it's more of a, a gathering of yeah. places. <laughs> gathering of two countries that don't particularly like each other anymore. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. So it's, it's in Gaul, basically. So perhaps worried about rash moves, Majorian, Rickimer, and the powerful men in the Senate pause. <gasps> yeah, just like that. For a while, no one is declared emperor. They decide to send a note to Marcion was still emperor in the east. Oh, yeah. So they give the letter to Roger and eagerly awaited news. If the emperor had the backing of the east, he'd be far more likely to be successful. So they don't mm, want to yeah. they don't want to make a bid and find out Marcion's not on board. So they send out feelers, basically. So did they? do you think they ever considered, well, let's just put it back together? But I guess the east would go, no, because you're just a mess. Why would I want to deal with that? Uh, well, we will come to that. We will. Oh, OK. But possibly, because technically the west has no emperor at the moment. So Marcion is the emperor. Yeah. So you could oh, argue yeah. Marcion is the emperor of the oh, whole empire. Reunification. Yes. <laughs> In the most pathetic way possible. <laughs> Just by default. Yeah. And also not technically true because Marcion's oh. dead. Uh oh. This is a very badly timed <laughs> letter. It reaches the east just as in four five seven Marcion dies. Roger walks through the door, sees Marcion's still warm corpse on the floor. <laughs> oh. 
Come rain, snow, or death. <laughs> he just places the letter on the corpse. <laughs> now, so a little bit on the east here, just to remind you. Marcion was the emperor, yeah. but Aspar, yes. the general, was actually very powerful behind the throne. Puppet mastery. Pulling the strings. Marcion wasn't full-on puppet emperor, but Aspar's definitely there as a powerful general. Yeah. So if you remember to the end of... Marcion's episode, we talked about how the transfer of power went on to Leo. They weren't yeah. sure for a while who could be the emperor, and Thetmius was discussed for a while who was Marcion's son-in-law, yeah. but that didn't really work out. And in the end, Leo was chosen. So all that happens, and while all that's being decided, Majorian and Ricamo are sitting in Italy twiddling their thumbs, thinking, where's this response? We were kind of hoping for a response by now. <laughs> Yeah. Eventually, after all the infighting in the East gets sorted out, Leo is elevated to Emperor, and he sends a note back to the West. The note says roughly, do nothing for now. However, Majorian, you can be Master of Soldiers for the West, and Rickmer, you can have the title of Patrician. Okay. So Leo is now technically the Emperor of the whole Empire, with Majorian and Rickmer as his underlings. Mm. But this is not how it's seen. There is still very much an obvious East and West divide yeah. split very culturally by this point. Yeah. And as you can imagine, this is not ideal. But there are other things on Majorian and Rickimer's minds. I haven't got time to worry about that too much because the Vandals have started up their raids on South Italy again. Oh. And a group of Alamanni have also crossed the Alps and were pushing into Italy itself. Again. Again, these Alamanni just never stop, do oh. they? They've been like the constant since the start. That little mosquito just won't leave you alone. Yeah, almost literally in this case, although obviously in no way literally. This wasn't a huge Alamanni invasion. No. This was possibly about a thousand men. But... <laughs> It still needs to be sorted out. Yeah. The Vandals certainly need to be sorted out. So Rickamer decides to go south and sort out the Vandals. He's had some success down there before. Yeah. And Majorian goes up north to take on the Alamanni. Facing a thousand men, he very quickly puts them down. Well, when you got 50,000 men behind you, it's probably pretty easy. <laughs> well, he didn't at this time. Remember, oh. Rome's broke. That's true. They have very few troops to speak of. 5,000? They would have had more than a thousand, but it's certain they haven't got huge armies anymore. Yeah. Oh, dear. They're, they're really struggling. <laughs> Fee farmers. Yeah, they had nothing to fight back the Vandals, remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. When Evitus came down, he had to bring the Goths with him. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so, yes, a um, thousand men was probably easy enough to take care of, but it's a good job it was only a thousand. <laughs> Especially since Rickamer took most of the troops with him. Yeah. Yeah. But still, it's a victory, and that's good enough for the troops. Yeah. The troops see Majorian winning for Rome... So what do they do? Oh, they declare emperor. Yeah, they declare him emperor. Majorian, aware of the political situation, said, yeah, of course I'll become emperor, but only if Leo says I can. Oh, so that's smart. Yes, smart political awareness. So messengers were sent off, and sure enough, Leo decided that having Majorian on side kind of makes sense. Let's not fight Majorian. Here do. You can be emperor. <laughs> Pat on the head. Well done. <laughs> so Majorian, age of 37, now rules the West. Mm. However, quick deviation from Majorian here. Let's find out what's going on elsewhere. First of all, let's follow Rickamer down south. The south were really struggling at this point. Yeah. Now, for a very, very long time, we've talked about the northern cities having to be defended against barbarian invasions. Yeah. The Danube region across the Rhine, yeah. north of Italy. Yeah. South Italy, never really been attacked, ever. No, just on the little the 
heel bit. In yeah. So they were not used to barbarian raids. They haven't <laughs> really listened when Aurelian was running around saying, build your walls, guys, because we can't defend. Hello, this is the barbarian invasion. No, I'm sorry. I th- I th- you must be mistaken. This is the south. <laughs> we don't do those down we don't, here. We don't have walls down here. We need to go north. <laughs> north? Go, go to Aquilea. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that got destroyed. <laughs> yeah, so they, they were less prepared, shall we say, for barbarian yeah. invasions, and the Vandals were making the most of it. They were finding very undefended cities that they could just rip apart. Gesseric, leader of the Vandals, determined to make the most of this soft underbelly of the Roman Empire. And we actually have a little bit of detail on this, which is very rare for this time, so I will quote. We've got a new source. Oh, go for it. I think you're going to like him. His name's Sidonius. Sidonius. Yeah, he is the son-in-law of Avitus, but not Petronius. He had another son-in-law. Okay. This one I think he would have remembered, because he liked writing, did Sidonius. Is is it quite flowery and... A savage foe was roaming at his ease over the unguarded seas. Under the southerly breezes he invaded the Campanian soil and attacked the locals when they dreamed not of danger. Oh, God. <laughs> He's trying to make it rhyme, isn't he? <laughs> and failing at the end. He's got, he got a few good rhymes at the beginning. Then he started crumbling under his quill. I don't think he tried to. Maybe he did. Maybe he was... Seas, breeze, the army... With... On the seas, with their knees. And blocks of cheese. <laughs> yeah. No one could hear their pleas. <laughs> Only their wheezes. From a cute asthma. He was an early war reporter. Yeah. And uh, yeah. sitting on the side of the battle was possibly worse than being in the battle. Probably, yeah. Especially <laughs> everyone else listening to him. So, shut yeah. up! What, what, what are you doing? Yeah, so we've got him. This is because of him why we know more about Majorian than any of the others recently. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, anyway, Rickamer heads south to deal with the invasion. He arrives where the Vandals are plundering a town. And he looks before him. The Vandals have been a bit complacent. They stayed near their ships and they sent forth Moorish slaves to go and pick the town clean. Obviously, some Vandals' soldiers supervised this, so there were two groups. But, I mean, this proves how easy the South was to take at this time. (laughs) Vandals turn up, send some captured slaves or some cheap mercenaries into the towns to do the actual fighting, and then pick up the rewards. Nice. Easy winnings. So, Rickamer sees before him two groups and sees his chance. He charges forward and places himself between the two groups. Ooh. Which might seem silly if yeah. it were two groups of trained soldiers, but one group really wasn't. And that weaker slave group just panic and flee, and I quote... Ah, woman and horse, run away! <laughs> yeah. And so, cut off from the ship, they had left... They became prey of their prey. Which is somewhat ambiguous. Probably refers to the fact that Rickamer chases the men down. The Romans become the hunter. I'd like to think that it was actually the farmers and their wives who were being looted. Actually then turn on the people doing the looting. Oh, oh, that'd be great. That'd be a good film. It's just a whole field full of really nervous looking peasants. And then all of a sudden a horn blows and in unison all the peasants just look up and stare at the nearest looter. And he's here's a shink. (laughs) Little sighs and pitchforks, (laughs) and just start not not running, 
Oh, no. Walking slightly, <laughs> staring <laughs> and blinking. In yeah, in step with each other. Yeah, yeah. That'd be scary. Oh, that is that's creepy, isn't it? Ooh. Creepy peasants. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's going on. The creepy peasants are just marching on all of the slaves slash mercenaries. Nice. And uh, Rickamer can then turn his attention to the actual Vandal army itself. And more quoting here. They got ready with their shapely bows. This is talking about the Vandals here. Okay. And the arrows made to carry poison on the iron point to wound doubly with a single shot. From everywhere, a shower of steel comes down, but from our side, it comes down on the throats of our foes. Nice. Not for them, but... No. It's poetic. Definitely more poetic than we're used to, isn't it? Yeah. So it's going quite well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then we got this bit. This bit stumped me for a while, I'll be honest. Now the braided dragon speeds hither and thither in both armies, his throat swelling as the zephyrs dash against it. So I know zephyrs have wind. Yeah, yeah. I know that. Yeah. So dragon, I'm guessing, as the braided dragon, that's something's going around it. And it was a win. Weather change, something. Yeah, it took a while. What really confused me is Dragon has a capital D. So it's a proper noun. So it's like, is this the name of a person called the Dragon? Is Rickamer called the Dragon? Oh. Was he going to and fro? Yes! I got quite excited for a while until yeah. I finally figured out what this means. Oh. Yeah. Um, the Dragon is actually a standard for a cohort of cavalry. Oh, okay. It's called the Draco. Oh. Yeah. That's nice. where... See, all, all her names came from... Yeah, they did. They really did. Yeah. So, there you go. I must admit, I was slightly disappointed by that. As cool yeah. as dragon banners are, I really hoped that Rickman's nickname was The Dragon. That would amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, maybe we should just call him The Dragon. Oh, yeah. 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 We'll give him that nickname. Yeah. So, The Dragon, Rickmer wins this battle. Yeah. Yeah, he just outfights, surprises the Vandals. They all die. So, he sends the news off to Majorian. This is good news. And Majorian adds it to his own good news that he beat back the Alamanni. Meanwhile, Theoderic is getting up to some business in Spain. So let's have a look at what the leader of the Goths is up to. He'd pushed back against the Swaby in Spain, not breaking them, but weakening them enough, and then headed back to Gaul. By this point, he heard of his friend's death. Vetus was gone. He was not happy. One, it was his friend. Two... His friend had just been the emperor. This was going to be politically a win for him. <laughs> and uh, that's really annoying. So he decides that he it doesn't really matter if Abetus is dead. He's going to honour any agreements that Abetus had with the people in Gaul. Yeah. Namely, the Burgundians. Yeah. The Burgundians, it had been agreed when Abetus was alive, something I didn't mention, if they fought with the Goths against the Swaby, the Burgundians would be given more land in Gaul. Mm. The Burgundians had done this. So, Theoderic gives them some land in Gaul. True to his word. Fair enough. Good. Yeah. As you can see, political land has shifted somewhat in Gaul. This is the Gothic king giving away Roman territory. Oh, yes, there's the problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what? That, that's going to annoy some people. Still, things are going well for Majorian, and he decides to implement some new laws at this point. Okay. The first thing he does is that he makes it very obvious that he regards Rickamer as his partner. He was emperor. Rickamer was master of the armies, but really the two shared power. They were both in charge. Oh. It was a job share. <laughs> he did Tuesdays and Thursdays. 
half of Sunday. Yeah. Nice. It was, yeah, it was good. That way they both got to keep a hobby at the same time. Yeah. It's important you do that. Work-life balance. Yeah, exactly. Very important. Yeah. Majorian then replaces the Master of the Armies in Gaul with one of his own supporters, Agidius. Agidius. Or Agidius. Agidius sounds nicer. Yeah, let's go for Agidius. Agidius was a good choice because he had some good connections with the people in the north of Gaul. Obviously, Majorian knew the Goths were a problem that needed to be fixing. And having a man with connections up in Gaul is a good idea. So he promotes a sensible person. Egidius then sets off to take up his new post, but then some news comes through. Roger storms in with a letter. The Raporian Franks are causing trouble. Hmm? The the who? (laughs) (laughs) They had taken Cologne and Trier. That's where they make all the the, the nice-smelling perfume. Exactly. It's, it's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And remember, the Franks, at this point, they're up in the north part of Gaul, next to the Rhine. Like the Goths, only a lot more quietly. Recently, they had been living in the Empire with Roman consent. You may stay here. Yes. Pay us tax, you can stay here. That's fine. Because we can't do anything about it. We wish we could get rid of you. We're just not powerful. Yeah, please give us tax. Yeah. <laughs> But the Franks had recently split. We have, now, instead of just the Franks, we have the Raporian Franks and the Salian Franks. But I did a bit of research on these names. Yeah. Raporian probably means river man or river men. They're the ones closest to the Rhine, so I'm guessing that refers to that. But that is speculation there. Yeah. Salian might also mean river. Sailors. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure that's the link. But there is another theory that I prefer. It might come from a Germanic word, Saljon, probably not pronouncing that correctly, which means friendly. So you have the River Franks and the Friendly Franks. I like that. Yeah. They're Uh, like hobbits. Yeah, isn't that nice? The Friendly Franks. Hi there, we're the the Friendly Franks over here. Friendly Franks. Why are they Irish? Because they haven't got their French identity yet. (laughs) They can have any accent we don't know. Hello there. Oh, I'm a river, Frank. How are you? <laughs> I'm with the salient Franks. We're the friendly Franks. Oh, yeah, I, I like this idea. Yeah, it's nice. They gave each other cakes at the weekend. Oh. Always said, how are you, when you saw them. <gasps> Top of the morning to you. Yeah. That kind of thing. That kind of thing. When do they develop their French accents, do you think? Uh, 1924. Oh, right. That was quite recent, then. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um. <laughs> it was an overnight thing. Legislation. <laughs> yeah. So the friendly Franks were a bit worried about this display of aggression from the river Franks. They'd, uh... <laughs> they didn't send an RSVP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the friendly Franks, going completely against their nature, throw out their king. This is a man named Chill Derek. He was oh, a... that name, Chill. Chill, yeah. <laughs> really... I'm Chill Derek. Yeah. He was a supporter of Avitus. So the friendly Franks hoped that throwing out their pro-Avitus king would win favour with the new emperor. Yeah. And when they happened to favour with the new emperor, they'd be protected from the river Franks. So it's all kicking off with the Franks, essentially. (laughs) There's even some suggestion that Agidius was offered the position of king of the friendly Franks. There's little evidence for this. And if it is true, Agidius refuses. Probably didn't happen. So, good news with the friendly Franks, bad news with the river Franks. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, but we'll just leave that there for now and we'll see how that develops in the future. During all of this, Majorian has been very busy, however. What he's effectively done is he's taken Italy and the parts of Gaul that are still listening to him, lifted them up by the ankles, 
and just kept shaking them until those final few pennies drop out. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> Come on, we've got to have some money here. We don't fully know how he raises the money to do this, but eventually he scrimps and he scrapes and he saves and he gets some cash together. Nice. And there's enough to do two things. Number one, he can hire some mercenaries from the Danube area. Good. He realises he needs an army. According to Sidonius, our new source, he hired a crew of... Bastinians. That's a tribe we've not come across yet. <laughs> Certainly not. I would have remembered that. Yes. <laughs> they were a bit mean. Um, <laughs> no fathers. Oh, just a bit sad then. Yeah. Yeah. But complete Bastinians though. <laughs> yeah. But there's more. Bastinians, Swabians, Pannonians, Nurians, Huns, Gettons, Dacians, Allen. <laughs> Ballano. <laughs> Hi. Balanotans, Rugians, Burgundians, Visigoths, Elites, Basaltans, Ostrogoths, Procrustrians, Samarsians, and Mashans. And they're all just. Apparently, that's the crew he hires. Wow. Maybe it's just one of each. Maybe it's like Ocean's Eleven. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, how, how many are there? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Ocean's 18. Ocean's 18, yeah. Um, and Majorian and Rekama. 20. Ooh. Oh, yeah. nice round number. Yeah, nice round number. Oh, I like that. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Crack yeah. squad. This is clearly not true. <laughs> Uh, Not just our weird speculation, but also the source. I mean, okay. <laughs> he obviously didn't put all these different groups together. This Probably is half obviously didn't even exist. I'm guessing. Yeah, this is Sidonius just trying to point out that he managed to get a large mercenary crew together. I say crew, army. That's the word, yes. isn't it? <laughs> yes. Okay. So he has an army now. It's a bit rough around the edges, and they're all mercenaries, which yeah. is always a bit dodgy in terms of loyalty. But he's got an army. But there's something else he can do. Just about he can build a navy. He's always wanted one. Oh, I guess his navy. He gets a navy. Oh. Yeah. The Vandals had to be defeated. Majorian realises this. And until they're gone, Italy is vulnerable. Yeah. So they need to get them out of Africa. The only way to do that is to build ships. So he starts building ships. And I quote, Down into the water falls every forest on the Apennines. For many a long day there is hewing on both slopes of these mountains so rich in ship timber. A lot, of, a lot of sexy lumberjacks. Oh, this is where Majorian owned his element. <laughs> Do you think he was Check there shirt. chopping his own wood down? Oh, yeah. <laughs> shirt, no, shirt off, tying around his waist. Yeah. Hacking away. Yeah. Wiping sweat from his brow. Yeah, in slow motion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pulls out a, a can of well-known drink. Yeah. <laughs> Cracks it open, all the women turn around, stare at him. Yeah. Knee up on the stump, taking a swig. Yeah. And then he just picks up his axe. Takes another slow motion swing. Like he's actually doing it in slow motion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that would look really silly in real life, but the impact of the axe still has the same impact. Oh. Yeah. And everyone's quite impressed with that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Wasn't expecting that. <laughs> the tree's down already. <laughs> yeah. Two hits. <laughs> so yeah. So he's there building his ships, chopping down wood. Really slowly. <laughs> Yes. And he keeps taking a break for coke. <laughs> yeah, not getting much done at all. Really. <laughs> it's more of a hindrance, to be honest. Yeah, but it looks good. Yeah. He actually builds his fleet in two places, either side of the leg of Italy. So he's got one on the east coast, one on the west yeah. coast. Yeah. It stops one being destroyed, I guess. Well, yeah, there's a few reasons for this. That's one of them. The other is the Rome side is clearly being built so they can go and to deal with the vandals head on. Yeah. The one on the other side is to deal with the problem that I mentioned only last week, 
briefly mentioned it earlier. Oh, is this the problem you told that you've got? <laughs> no, no, that, that was, that was no. off air. Okay, yeah, sorry. No, no. This is the problem with the Empire. Okay. Yeah, we have Italy and Gaul looking shaky. Where's the Danube region? Where's Illyricum? Oh, oh yeah. we lost them. <laughs> well, if you remember, a man named Marcellinus yeah. is in charge of it. And when Valentinian III died, he just kind of opted out the empire. He went, no, I'm not, I'm not having Petronius as my emperor. I, I'm not declaring myself emperor. I'm just not following you anymore. No, I'm not following Marcion either. I'm just, we're not involved for a while. We're taking yeah. a time out over here. Petronius didn't rule long enough to deal with it. Avitus, if you remember, swung by Illyricum to try and show a bit of strength, but wasn't really strong enough to show the strength yeah. and had to get to Italy. Excellent. So Marcellinus is still there. In Dalmatia, just ruling the province. Yeah. Majorian obviously realises that he needs this province in his side of the empire. It's his, and he needs to take it back. What province? So what's he going to do? Well, he can't afford to buy nope. empty threats. That's kind of what Avitus did. Didn't really work. Put some sort of political marriage thing. So. Oh, well done. Oh, yeah. Not quite that, but very close. Yeah. It does help, of course, that... Marcellinus and Majorian both rose under Aetius. So there's a chance they knew each other. Yeah. That would have helped. But what really helped is that at this point, Majorian promotes a man named Nepotianus. Or Nepos, as we're just going Nepos. to call them. That's good. Nepos. Incidentally, for those of you reading ahead, this is not the Emperor Nepos. It's his father. Uh, oh. Yes, we have Julius Nepos. He's our second to last emperor. We'll be doing oh, really? him fairly shortly. And this is his father. Oh, okay. So, yeah, a little bit of a cameo for the family here. <laughs> so, Nepos is promoted within Majorian's army. So he's okay. now a general. Nepos happens to be married to Marcellinus's sister. Okay. So, Marcellinus is quite happy with this. Good arrangement. The two of them write letters to each other, and it's soon decided that Marcellinus actually, you know what, I can follow Majorian as an emperor. I'm back in. <laughs> Count me in again. We're in the empire. Let's go get him. Yeah. So, there you go. He's just got a province back. Okay. That's good, isn't it? Yeah. So, the empire is now Italy, Illyricum, and... The Danube. Illyricum in the Danube. Yeah. yeah. The near bit of the Danube, yeah. and Gaul, sort of. It's a bit shaky. Yeah. yeah. So, he's built the empire. Yes, he has. Oh, okay. Yeah. Marcellinus also announces, of course, I'm part of the emperor. Of course, I will send troops to you. Mm. Let's go and take on those vandals. I'll use those ships you've been building. Yeah. Let's go and get them. But at that point, yeah. Roger turns up in Marcellinus's tent. <laughs> Leo, in the east, has just announced that he's going to stop paying any barbarians any money to stop them attacking. Uh, oh. All of a sudden, the Danube is full of very angry barbarians that weren't very angry before, but they are now. Marcellinus suddenly has his hands full. So he has to write a letter to Majorian saying, sorry, kind of got to deal with this. I'll be with you as soon as I can. So the invasion of the Vandals is put on hold. Let's, let's go up to Gaul. Let's see what's going on up there. Because events unseen were unfolding. Like bats. A vandal. That's Ooh. right. A vandal in Gaul. What's he doing there? He should be in Africa. Yeah. He's riding hard across country. He arrives at the Gothic kingdom. <gasps> Hello. <laughs> and he whispers words of allegiance to the Gothic king. <laughs> yes. The vandals and the goths. 
They kind of look at each other slowly and nod a bit. Yeah, yeah. we could maybe make this work. They didn't say anything, just a, yeah. a look and a nod. Yeah. They both knew what they meant, each other meant. Yeah. The Vandal Envoy trots off home. Maybe it was time for something to happen. Now, the following is very confused. We don't really know what happens here. We can pick pieces together. But I'll tell you a couple of facts we do know, and then we'll okay. try and build a narrative around Piece it. it. Right. Yeah. We know that the Goths then decide to attack Narbonne or Narbonne. Okay. That's a Gallic city. We know that the Burgundians rise up. We also know that several Gallic-Roman cities revolt. So that's not barbarian groups. That's actual Romans in Gaul. We also know that Aegidius does quite a bit of fighting. Okay, so let's speculate on this. Aegidius was already in Gaul because he was trying to sort out the Franks. Yeah. After Theoderic had given the Burgundians land... It would appear that Igidius had stomped on them a bit just to make sure they knew who was boss. Just that final kick is leaving the battlefield. Yeah, you've got a Gothic king giving the Burgundians land. The Romans weren't necessarily looking to fight the Burgundians, but they couldn't just let them settle. Yeah. So they they did a bit of prodding, shall we say. (laughs) Yeah. This seems to have caused further tensions in Gaul. We really get a sense of Gaul versus Italy growing here. They're just not happy with each other at all. This is when the Goths attack Narbonne, hoping to catch the Imperial forces off guard. Yeah. Majorian does two things at this point. First of all, he recognises that Avitus's appointments were official. Nice. Yeah. In particular, a man from Narbonne called Magnus, who was Praetorian Prefect for Avitus. Yeah. Because Majorian recognises Avitus's appointments, that means Magnus is now officially an ex-Praetorian prefect. So, instead of just being a man who claimed that the ex-emperor who didn't last very long said he could be Praetorian prefect honest, he's now in a position of power. Yes. Not the Praetorian prefect, but it's still a good win for yeah. him. Majorian also does this for several other prominent people in the area. He very quickly gets the Gallic Romans back on his side. That was very clever. Yeah, very clever. That's proper politicking. You really don't need to do much. No. Majorian, he's not actually giving any real power away here. He's just giving them a bone. Prestige. Yeah. See? Bridge builder. Bridge builder, exactly. The other thing Majorian does is he sends Aegidius in with the troops to go and stand on that bridge. (laughs) (laughs) It will be built. Now, when I said a moment ago, Theoderic invades Narbonne, that would have been from Majorian's perspective. Yeah. You're invading our city. However, the people in the city, there would have been many who actually supported the Goths and would have seen this almost like a, a liberation. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. However, at this point, Theoderic has to retreat. Political situation shifting, and when Aegidius turns up with troops, the city is brought over to Roman control. Yeah. Ringleaders were punished, but the city and the rest of southern Gaul were treated very leniently, and slowly they start to turn towards Majorian. That's so, quite impressive. Yeah, a mixture of political and actual fightiness is, is winning the day here. Aegidius then returns to his headquarters in Arles, and things are going quite well. So he was quite surprised one morning to find that Theoderic was sieging the city. Yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> now when you wake up and it's like, oh, I wonder what the weather's like today. Oh, old here. Do you see, oh, it seems to be raining... Their bows and arrows, sir. Ah. <laughs> There's ladders against the wall. Yes, they are. <laughs> oh, dear. We should probably do something about this, shouldn't we? <laughs> Quick, oh, call dear. the army. Oh, no. <laughs> so, Aegidius under siege by Theoderic. Let's now sweep over to Italy. What's Majorian doing at this time? 
Majorian's still building his navy yeah. in slow motion in the forest. Rickamer's headed back up to Ravenna by this point. Yeah. So he's taking charge there. Whilst building his navy, Majorian realises that he needs more money. He's running out. <laughs> yeah. Those axes don't sharpen themselves. No. Yeah, he needs to pay for these. So he needs to raise more money. The only way he can do this is to raise taxes. He doesn't want to raise taxes. No. They're already quite high and everyone's feeling quite poor. <laughs> yeah. But who better to raise the taxes for than those ungrateful Gallic people? We just got them on side. Yeah, but he's got to raise them somewhere. Oh, so man. he's going to go and do it in Gawley. But he's not <laughs> foolish. He realises this isn't going to go down too well. No. So, hey, farmers, you know us, like, a thousand miles away. Yeah, we want more money from you. Yeah. In a war that has nothing to do with Yeah, you. because there are some barbarians invading other cities you've never heard of. Yeah. Well, realising this isn't going to go down too well, he decides that he will go in person and deliver a persuasive argument. Okay. That persuasive argument being his mercenary army he's put together. <laughs> a sharp, pointy persuasive argument. Yes. So, he gets his mercenary army together and heads north over the Alps. Rickamer, it is decided, would stay behind and look after Italy. Okay. There was a small problem on the way. A group of Huns break out of the army and loot a town or two. They just can't help themselves. Okay, before we get to bed, remember, I'm going to say this once. We're <laughs> not going to loot, we're not going to raid. You got that? Yeah. What are we not going to do? Loot and raid. Good Huns. Right, off you go. Going to turn the light off now. Yeah, turns the light off. Comes about five minutes later, turns the light back on. They're all gone. <laughs> Even though well, they're all pretending to be asleep, surrounded by lots of booty. <laughs> <laughs> Where did that statue come from? So, yeah, Majorian not happy with the Huns. No. They'd gone off and they'd sacked a couple of towns on the way. <laughs> really not what they should be doing. But he knew his control of this barbarian alliance was really shaky <laughs> and yeah. didn't want to test his authority too much at this early stage. So he pardons them. However, that night, <gasps> all the Huns hideously accidentally died in their sleep. No. Oh. <laughs> really bad nightmares or yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so read into that what you will. Some people suggest this shows that Majorian didn't have any control over his army. The Huns were disobeying, and then when he pardoned them, he was disobeyed by the other troops. Oh, yeah. Oh, interesting. However, you could also read that he pardoned them because he realised a big display of force wouldn't go down too well, but and then he quietly. very quietly gets rid of the problem that afterwards. sounds... That's instantly what I thought when you told it. This is backed up by the fact that apparently the soldiers who had facilitated the Huns accidentally killing themselves in their sleep <laughs> were allowed to keep all of the stuff that the Huns had raided. Fantastic. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it might be option two there. By this time, news has finally come through. Arles is under siege. Theoderic is on the warpath. So Majorian splits off a portion of his troops and gives them to Nepos and says, go and relieve your fellow general. I'm still going to carry on with my plan. Yeah. Not entirely sure exactly where he was going that was so urgent he wasn't going to deal with the siege. <laughs> but obviously he decided that let's stick to the my original plan. Yeah. And I will trust Nepos to deal with this. So Nepos takes off some troops. As ever, we have very few details here, but apparently Agidius was praying for help for right at this point. <laughs> Please, God Th Almighty. Things have gotten quite bad. Theoderic is taken completely off guard. Ah, uh, the army. Well... 
one, he wouldn't have realised that Majorian had an army. Well, yeah. No one had told him that Majorian had managed to scrape enough funds together to hire one. <laughs> Number two, Majorian was already heading to Gaul. It was just lucky chance that he was already heading there. So even if Theoderic knew about the army, there was no way he was expecting it to turn up this quickly. No. So he was completely thrown off guard when this army comes over the hill. Egidius and Nepos join forces, and battle commences. Battle. Wish we had some details here, but we don't. All we know is Theoderic is defeated. Ooh. Goths are beaten. We don't know by how much, but it was enough that Theoderic is forced to agree to terms. Nice. Majorian, always looking for more men, decides that he needs the Goths more than he needs to punish the Goths. Yeah, clever. So, he's fairly lenient and integrates them into his own army. Just going to put this here for now. Okay. News then goes back to Rickema. Rickema's heard that two young generals have just won a war for Majorian. Ah. Just, just going to leave that there. All right. A little nugget. Okay. wonder what he's doing with that information. Filed it away for later. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens with Rickema. Stick with Majorian. He then spends the winter in Gaul, shoring up support in the province. Probably just... Good plan? Just spending all his time standing on snow-covered battlements. Shivering. Steely look in his eyes, oh. looking into the distance, wind sweeping through his hair. Yeah. And he's got his scarf just sexily blowing in the yeah. wind. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. All the people in the town below just looking up. Oh, it's Majorian. Oh, yeah. Close like the moon. Everyone in the town's just sporting similar hair to him by the end. <laughs> all the men, anyway. Yeah, all the men. Yeah. <laughs> but he's not just standing around looking good. He's also. <laughs> trying to politically win over Gaul. This includes pardoning Sidonius. Sidonius? That's our source we've got. Yeah, that's what it says. Yes. Wow. Yeah, so he is a contemporary source. He is, if you remember, Avitus's son-in-law, who was yeah. writing speeches, propaganda speeches for Avitus. You can tell. <laughs> that was his job. <laughs> can't you? Yeah. Um, Majorian forgives him. So fair enough, it was your father-in-law, I suppose so. Um, I'll let you off as long as you start writing some for me. Uh, I've heard about your use of a metaphor. Yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty good. Bend words. Yeah, so um, start writing about me and I'll let you off. So he starts scribbling some things down for Majorian. Nice. So now Dalmatia, Alericum area, is under control. Yeah. Marcellinus is back in the fold. Italy was always there. And Gaul is pretty much altogether again. The Goths are no longer causing problems, and the Gallic Romans are on board. He's doing well. Yeah, not bad. Time to sort out the rest of the problems. <laughs> Which is everything. <laughs> well, actually, only two now, really. Okay. Yeah? If you get rid of the Swabian in Spain and the Vandals in Africa, yeah. and then take Britain back, I suppose, Yeah. let's face it, no one cares about that anymore. No, it's true. Occasionally someone goes, should we get Britain back? Ah, oh, forget it. No one liked it anyway. Yeah. It's cold, it's wet, it's rainy. It will never amount to anything. Yeah. So <laughs> They'll never see an empire again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they've got those two big problems to deal with, mm. basically. Yeah. Maybe Britain was just at the bottom of the list, if I get time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, what to do first? Let's get the Swaby or the Vandals. Ooh, start easy. Go for the Swaby. Yeah, that's what they go for. Vandals are the bigger problem, but Majorian figures out that it makes more sense to deal with Spain and then use Spain as a launching pad into Italy. Gibraltar. Exactly. Jump off the rock. 
that's how Gesserich got there all mm. those years ago. That's what he's going to do. Details are even more sketchy here than they were earlier. <laughs> the uh, the Swaby seem to have started expanding again. The Goths have beaten them back a bit a few years before, but mm. the Swaby seem to now be taking over Spain again. But joint force of the Romans and the Goths are able to push them back quite significantly. They were not defeated completely, but Majorian felt that Spain was under enough control that they can start dealing with the real problem. So it's more containment with the Swaby. Yeah. So that now only leaves one problem, sort of. Ignore the Swaby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that will do for now. Yeah. The Vandals. Th- this is the real one. They've got to get rid of Gesserich. And there's some good news here. Marcelina sends word that he is now all sorted in his area. Brilliant. He's now ready to help out on all those boats that you were building before. Nice. Marcelinus heads straight away to Sicily. That's where he's going to launch from. Yeah, fair enough. And Majorian's going to go from Spain. Double-pronged attack. Yeah. With the forces from the Danube and the forces with Majorian, this is actually enough to take out Gesserich, they figure. They've never had this bigger force ready to take on the Vandals. Nepos, the general, yeah. would just stay in Spain and keep the Swaby busy. Make okay. sure they're contained. Yeah. It's around this time that envoys from Gesserich arrive. Hello! They talk of peace. They want to formalise Eudocia's marriage to Gesserich's son, Hunneric. Remember, this marriage has been in the works for ages. Yeah. This is the one that Petronius stopped. So this is Valentinian III's daughter with Eudoxia was engaged to Gesserich's son, Hunneric. Yeah. So ever since the women of the royal family have been abducted, that marriage went ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they're now married. Oh. Eudocia and Hunneric are married. Okay. But it's not formalised in the Roman Empire. So these envoys say, oh, we can have peace, you can formalise this wedding, we don't need to go to war, because they realise, actually, this force can take them out. Gesserich's looking a bit nervous at this point. Because that, he's not used to that. He's not used to that. I wasn't expecting this. Or was he? Don't know, was he? Was he just playing for time? Build up his forces, shore things up a bit. Yes. And then just be an absolute beep again. Well, we'll see. We will see very shortly. But Jorin says, no thanks, basically, to the envoys and sends them packing. He then gets everything organised to cross into Africa. What happens next is disputed by historians, but the outcome's the same. Majorian, just about to cross, on the eve of his crossing possibly, receives some devastating news. His entire fleet has been destroyed. Or from? Well, this is where we get the discrepancies. There are two options. Jellyfish. <laughs> Option one, jellyfish. So there are three options. <laughs> Option two, Gesserich. Realising that he needed to act quickly, had sent ships up towards Spain with the envoys, but had hidden them, possibly near Mallorca or Ibiza. Party stop. Yeah, party stop. <laughs> the stopped off, did horrible things. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, uh, missing out the lovely part of the island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, it, was, oh, it was awful. Uh, but, oh, yeah. So, hid their warships there and bided their time. So with the warships hidden in place, spies are then sent into the Roman army. Ooh. They pinpoint the location of the fleet. <laughs> Hello, good sailor. <laughs> do you know local... Do you know if there's any local Roman fleets hanging around? Just that they're all wearing really dodgy Roman armour. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like made out of tinfoil and cardboard. Yeah. Sort of thing. <laughs> so I wish I could get to Africa... 
I would love that. If only I knew where a boat was. <laughs> oh, I was in the Roman army, but I've lost my way. I've forgotten <laughs> where I parked my boat. Yeah. Any ideas? This works. So they soon find out where the fleet are and send messages back to their warships. The warships sweep out from their hiding place, descend upon the Roman fleet and oh destroy them. Now, remember, this Roman fleet is essentially a transport fleet. It's designed to ferry the troops over to Africa. Oh, dear. Yeah, and also, the Vandals have been raiding for quite some years now. They've got used to boats. They're not particularly known as being good sailors, the Vandals, but they've been raiding with these boats for a while. They've got the hang of it. Yeah. The Romans have never been good on the water, (laughs) and they've only just built these boats. (laughs) So they have to build the boats on land. And go through intensive training on water. <laughs> kind yes. of like all these Romans standing on this big plank edging out towards the sea. Like, come on, move forward, come move forward. I don't know, it's wobbly like it. blue. It's weird. It's so wet. Yeah, so no match. The Vandals destroy the Roman fleet. Okay. That's option one. Option two is the fleet was actually destroyed whilst it was docked. There was no hidden fleet of Vandal boats. It was actually the spies that did all the work. They snuck into the docklands and burnt the entire fleet down overnight. So those are our Ooh, two that, options. Oh, we need a lot of spies, though. You need, would, you, you would. You need some sort of system, like, smear tar on them or something. You need something... Yeah, the, the second one sounds more dramatic. It looks cooler. It sounds plausible, but I think we're missing too much information. Yeah, it, I don't know. Like you say, it's when you actually drill into the reality of it. How would you burn down hundreds of ships? You'd need a whole team of you. You you couldn't set them all off at the same time for no. a start, so people would figure it out. It would have been tricky. Group of you going yeah, in. Yeah, it's un, it's very improbable. I Imagine think. us two breaking into, I don't know, the Royal Navy and trying to burn down all their ships. Well, they're out of metal. <laughs> that's, that's the first barrier right there. <laughs> that's true. Like, I just imagine you holding a match to the <laughs> HMS. <laughs> it's not working. <laughs> Get another match. Spinning <laughs> my fingers. Yeah. So as much as I do like the burning them in the docks story, it's I, not plausible. Is I, it, ju- I just don't. I think it's more likely the vandals took them out at sea. Yeah, just decimate them. Just seems more likely to me. Because you can do the thing where you like fill a boat with tar and set it on fire and head it towards. And you can oh, do all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, you can do all sorts, can't you, at sea? And reenact the Ben Hur sea boat scene. Yes, you can do all that. Get your pointy things and pointed at the flat things go fast yeah exactly so (laughs) let's go for option one even though it's less in fact what are we doing why are we choosing the most likely option let's just go for the cool version yeah they snuck in there were two of them them. just two two of them them. just two of them they snuck in yeah both wearing dodgy armor not no no this is now cool they've just oh okay like ninja costumes oh nice And they scale the boats and they... Yes, and they unplug un- bottles of tar and yeah. spin it on. They just spin, and then <sighs> finally, as they walk out, they're both walking away and cigarette. one of them just flicks their cigarette oh, behind them. Yes. Don't even look back. The whole thing just... <laughs> That's what happened. That's what happened, right. Okay. That's history, boys and girls. <laughs> so, either way. Yes. The fleet's gone. Yes. Yes. I imagine Majorian sat the next day listening to people talk about how cool it was was just feeling quite annoyed. <laughs> yeah, so, missing the point here. I don't care how it happened. Yeah. My fleet's gone. I mean, yes, it was completely badass, but <laughs> that's not the point. <laughs> yeah. 
Majorian finds himself in Spain with an army capable of destroying Gesseric, but unable to get to him. And it's at this point that envoys arrive from the Vandals. <laughs> Probably trying not to look too smug. Probably the same too. Oh, yes! <laughs> oh, yeah. He got one slightly charred on the back of his head. Yeah. <laughs> he <was> the scorch marks. <laughs> <laughs> the one comes in wearing flip-flops and a snorkel because he, he did the underwater stuff. Yeah. <laughs> he, he'll drill the holes in the bottom of the boat. Yeah. And they're both just like, hi, we've got an out. Want to make peace? Yeah. Peace offer's still available. <laughs> Loser. Yeah, so negotiations start. The Vandals would be given Africa, formally, again. This has happened a few times now. And in return, they would agree to sell grain to Rome at yes, probably right. ridiculously high prices. <laughs> so we're going through a bit of a, um, an economic crisis. There'll be a lot of inflation. Yes. And by a lot, I mean hyper. Yeah. So after the anticlimax of this invasion, Majorian was forced to return to Arles, probably thinking of plans ha- of how to deal with Gesseric. You can't just let this go. Not all doom and gloom at this point. Yeah. Nepos turns up and says, oh, we've really done well against the Swaby. Uh, they're really pinned in the top left of Spain now. So that's good. Yeah. That's pretty much that one ticked off the list. Top left. Well, that's good. That's um, They do some lovely cider there. Yeah, yeah. That's why the Swaby settled Gion. there. Yeah, big cider drinkers, the Swaby. <laughs> so once in Arles, Majorian then dismisses his mercenary army. He can't afford to keep paying for them. The only way to get the Vandals is to rebuild a navy. He can't afford to rebuild a navy. <sighs> So he certainly can't afford to keep paying an army. I, I need to be quite honest with you. Um, obviously, I'm glancing at your, your pad. I can yeah. see Feist Maximus coming up. <laughs> and the fact he's just dismissed his private army worries me slightly. Yeah. you, you Stop just, voting well. Have you noticed my notes suddenly stop quite soon? Yeah. Yeah, the end is definitely drawing near for Majorian. It is. Yes. See the sun setting on his last day. Yeah. So he waves goodbye to all his troops. Bye. No, sorry. Goodbye. Yeah, all his troops walk off going, wasn't sure at first, but oh, what a man. I'm a Jorian. Oh, wow. He's a man. <laughs> all of them looking suspiciously like Majorian. They've all <laughs> altered their looks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In some way. They want to be him. <laughs> so with a small number of troops... He heads back to Italy. Time to go back to Ravenna. Let's sort out Italy. As Gibbon puts it, he might long remain ignorant of the dark conspiracy which threatened his throne and his life. Oh, no. Foreboding. Gong. Yes, as he dismissed everyone. <laughs> right, who do we have left? Who's coming back to Italy with me? Yeah, you, you, the... What's your name again? <laughs> Gilbert? And the gongs for... I'll be using it soon. <laughs> You'll find out. <laughs> Majorian crosses the Alps with his small force of troops. Probably wondering what that, that really low thong <laughs> is that seems to be following him. <laughs> Keep going, sir. It's fine. <laughs> going. You only really need to worry when I'm hitting the middle of the gong. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Although I'm getting quite close now. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> he descends into the Po Valley. And who should he see? Rickamer. But Rickamer. Oh, hey, Rickamer. He's best friend. He's there to come and welcome him home. Hi, bestie. How are you? <laughs> I did all right, you know. Okay, we didn't get the vandals, but I did all right, didn't I, Rickamer? I found these two new great young generals. They're amazing. <laughs> they remind me of you and me, but better. Once the two men fully meet, and I quote here, Rickamer's men seized Majorian, stripped him of his purple and his diadem, beat him, 
and cut off his head. So he died. Possibly. I mean, you could read that, <laughs> read that into that statement, I suppose. Let's go through the options. Option one. <laughs> Rickamer stood and watched. The West is now his. Remember, this is the grandson of a Gothic king. Oh. So he can't be emperor. It just wouldn't be allowed. He can pull the strings, though. Oh, but he can pull strings. He's got a bag of strings just waiting <laughs> to be pulled. Those little loops to go around the arms and everything. <laughs> yeah. Or did he die like this? Well, uh, that's a good question. Yeah, there are a couple of other options. Um, but yes, he's, we're going to say this. This is the way I say he died. The other main option was he was deposed but allowed to live. And then five days later, he died of dysentery. Well, that's kind of more funny. Um, <laughs> it is, but it's just a bit weird. <laughs> what, I get to live? Oh, I feel a bit... <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I'd, I'd be more happy about it, but I really need to lie down. Because <laughs> the more I stand up, the quicker it comes out. <laughs> Yeah, so Majorian's dead. There you go. Yeah. That's Majorian. Okay. I'm quite I'm quite impressed. He did quite a lot of good fighting, I would argue. Quite a lot of political... He is known as the last decent emperor. The trouble is, by this point, decent can mean you live for more than a year and you do something. Yeah. <laughs> Let's rate him. Fighting Maximus. Maximus. Okay, we have no details here, but, but we've got a fairly impressive list. Yeah. He fought under Aetius and possibly was in that battle fighting against Attila. Yeah. Bit of speculation there, but I don't think it's too far-fetched to say he was there. Yeah. He then fought and beat the Vandals in Corsica under Vetus. Yeah. That's a defeat of the Vandals yeah. under his belt. He then fought the Alamanni. Okay, only a thousand of them, but it was an invading force. Yeah. Or invading party, maybe. <laughs> Small but, band. Yeah, but they were invading. Yeah. And he beat them. He then defeated the Goths. And then he defeated the Swaby. That's pretty good. It's a lot of winning. There's a lot of winning there. However, there's some bad. Because let's face it, who did he need to defeat? Yeah, Vandals. And he didn't. No, he got his boats burnt. Yes. <laughs> Two awesome operatives. Yes. <laughs> He was defeated by the Vandals. Also, when he defeated the Goths, it was actually Nepos and Agidius who did that. And his name? Under his name, so I'm not going to completely discount yeah. it, but it does disappoint me <laughs> that he sent Nepos off and he didn't go, fine, I will go and save Agidius. Yes. Leave it to me, lads. Yeah, so why? and then just strode manfully towards oh, Arles. With his sexy hair blowing in the breeze. Exactly. I don't understand why he didn't do that. That's mm. a little bit disappointing. So there so was an ultimate goal didn't get. Yeah, he didn't achieve his ultimate goal in fighting us, and uh, he did delegate to subordinates a bit. But However, that's what a good leader does. Yeah, yeah, you could argue that's been successful. We're talking about his fighting ability. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, but he's proved he can fight. He has, and, and battles he, under him. Well, we can certainly infer that he might have been noticed with the Attila thing because you know well, yeah, you could be true. my. You know, so that's evidence to show that he probably is better than... It's good. It's definitely yeah. good. I'm going above five for certain. It's just how far above five I go, I think. Well, with this fighting, you've got bits of land back, which no emperor has done. They've just been losing for the past. That's true. He's expanding the empire. And because of because of fighting. Because that's... of fighting. So it's not just success. That's that's the impact of his fighting. So it yes. must be that successful. Yeah, I agree. And he kept the Swaby back while he could go and attempt to fight the Vandals. But... Yeah. I don't feel more com I don't feel comfortable going more than six though. I'll be honest. Really, right? Okay, slightly low. I'm I'm undecided between six and seven. Because for me, like higher than that would be sort of a massively good battle somewhere that he would. And and we've discussed this in the past where he probably 
some of these battles were probably massive and quite intense and pretty amazing, but we don't know. Yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? I would have gone seven if he'd gone and relieved Agidius. I think so. I think I'm going to have to agree with you. I'm going for six. Okay. That is not a bad score though. Twelve. Yes. It's twelve for this day and age. A good twelve is. Um, it's impressive. So that is a twelve for Phytius Maximus. Approvium crazium. Okay, there's one story, and you are going to love this. I like a good story. You know how I sometimes say this is probably not true. Yeah. This is like ninety nine point nine percent not true. <laughs> It's so obviously made up, but I had to include it because it's brilliant. For two reasons. One, because it's a cool story, and two, because it confirms what we always suspected. <gasps> yes, because Majorian yeah. was known for his blonde hair. Oh! <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> what, a, what a look. <laughs> That's weird. Now, I didn't think to put that quote in there, but there is a quote somewhere, so I'm having to paraphrase here, that says he was known for his blonde hair. Look at his leering hair. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, and this nice. links to this, because this story is set when he was in Spain, about to cross. Not immediately before. He's still building up his troops and preparing, maybe a couple of months before invasion time. Yeah. And he's trying to build up intelligence. He wants to know what's going on. Mm -hmm. So one day, he dyes his famously blonde hair black. Oh, he's going through a goth phase. <laughs> I suppose he's with a bunch of goths, isn't he? They had the, lots of black hair dye with them. <laughs> the, the trouble is, though, if, you, if you're blonde and you try and dye your hair, it does just kind of go grey mm. if you try and dye it black. You need to dye a base colour, like blue or something first, or red. Well, maybe he did that. He was no dummy. I'm sure That's he knew true. how to t look That's after true. his hair. That is a very good point, yeah. yeah. His hair is dyed black. Why do you think he's done this? Blend in. Blend in where? With the goths? No. He's going to go and gather some intelligence. What? He passes himself as an envoy and travels to Africa. When there, he presents himself in Carthage and is introduced to Gesseric. <laughs> in disguise and acting as this envoy, he then spends a couple of weeks discussing terms with the Vandal King, whilst all the while figuring out his adversary's weak points. Oh, that's so true. And looking good whilst doing it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gesseric just telling him all sorts because he just wants to impress the guy. Yeah. <laughs> Who is this raven-haired stallion of a man come to visit me? <laughs> all, all the women in the court just swooning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there's that story. Nice. I just love this idea that one day he wakes up and says, you know what, lads, I'm, I'm going to go over and find out what's going on in Africa. I'll be back in a month. <laughs> you what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm just going to go and find out, he says while slapping on the hair tie. <laughs> <laughs> Have you thought this through, Majorian? Maybe five. It seems like a silly idea. Yeah, no, it's obviously not true, but it's a good story. It's a damn good story, yes. so I'll, I'll count it. It's one of the few things we have, so he did that, which is a bit of a crazy thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, and it definitely happened. Hair dye. <laughs> okay, this one is um, more realistic. He passed a law about preserving monuments. Apparently they were being defaced and graffitied quite a lot in Rome and other places in Italy. <laughs> That's right. They were being vandalised. Oh! Vandal joke. Yay. And um, if there's one thing Majorian hated, it was a vandal. <laughs> so he. Two he... <laughs> hours on the posters. Yes, I think so. Because his angry face, the pointing finger. Oh, yeah. One thing, one thing he hates vandals. Yeah. So he, he had some harsh laws for vandals. 
if you were caught defacing a monument, your hands were cut off. Ooh. No questions asked. Apart from, are you able to put your hands in front of you on this block? <laughs> yeah. Nasty. Yeah. I, uh, a quote here from Gibbon. Majorian, who had often sighed over the desolation of the city, applied a severe remedy to the growing evil. So he's uh, sorting out those vandals, yeah. but not the vandal vandals. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Not a huge amount on him. A made-up story, and he was a bit bit tough on uh, graffiti. One. Yeah, I give him one. Two for the Probium Crazium. Success Ultimus! We've got 12 of his laws intact. Really? Yes, they were written down by Sidonius hmm. and then copied. So we actually have some of his laws. Some of them we've only got the titles rather than the whole law, but they're interesting enough. One of these laws deals with tax and its attempt to sort out the financial mess that Rome was in. Yeah. So he's clearly doing that. Five of the laws were there just to please the Senate. The elite in Rome were concerned that too many of their class were turning to God. <laughs> some for pious reasons, some yeah. for restitution. Um, but <laughs> guilt. <laughs> yeah. But generally, they realised that their, their numbers were thinning out a bit. Mm. There was not enough repopulation of the aristocracy going on. So these laws were linked to things like enforced clerical ordination. So <laughs> you've got to be a bishop now kind of thing. Um, and female celibacy. Ooh, that'd be annoying. Majorian put a stop to that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, with that face. <laughs> Majorian wasn't having... Do you think maybe one day he was just his usual charms and he came across a, a nun? <laughs> and she was like, no, I'm a woman of God. What? I can't, even though I really, really want to. If you could change the laws, that'd be amazing. I'll be right back. Thank <laughs> you. Five minutes. <laughs> Majorian made sure that women had to wait till they were 40 to join the church. <laughs> Just to make really sure. Are you sure you want to do this? Yeah. yeah. Let, let, let's try some things out first. Yes. <laughs> you can make your mind up. And we have an actual quote from Majorian here okay. through his laws. Perpetual virginity is placed upon the heads of unwilling maidens. Do you think this is from personal experience? <laughs> <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> just doesn't understand <laughs> no, I, what, why would you want <laughs> yeah so so he um he was trying to repopulate the elites of rome <laughs> <laughs> one woman at a time <laughs> another law of his dealt with abandoned buildings so he was looking after the general laws good one of the laws we've lost the detail we've only got the name but I would love to know what it was about, was just titled Charioteers and Seditious Persons. Nice. So no idea what that was about. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> so they're, they're his bunch of laws. This is slightly unfair. I'm sure all emperors pass laws. We just happen yeah. to have some, and we've not had any details for a while, so this looks impressive. He's passing laws. But there's also the biggies. He politically won over Marcellinus. Yeah. That brought back Dalmatia. Mm. That brings back a huge portion of their yeah. empire. He politically wins back most of Gaul and then militarily brought the rest. <laughs> but that was a, a good balance of the two there. Yeah. He took back most of Spain. Swabia now very penned in. In a very mountainous, hilly area. Very hard to root them out, but it's also easy to pin them in. And they're still there now. Yes. <laughs> in little, little holes. Yeah. When he started, the West was essentially Italy and Gaul. Yeah. 
Now, it's everything but Africa and Britain. Everyone's forgotten about Britain. <laughs> so that's pretty good. He's built the empire back up again. I mean, you could argue it's not stable. It's not stable, and he hasn't got all of it back, but, but it's going in the right direction, isn't it? It's going outwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So bad. He did not get rid of the vandals. And let's face it, that's the big one. That's what he had to do. And also, all his law reforms just did nothing. <laughs> he might have passed those laws, but it certainly didn't help. Yeah. So, yeah, and there you go. That's his success as Ultimus. There's lots of nice little ideas, but ultimately, did he succeed? In your head, this is just a question. You might, you might not know the answer to this off the top of your head, so I apologise. Okay. Um, did he gain more land than Augustus? No. Right. I say no. Did he gain empires? Well, he gained Gaul, Spain, and the Danube. Uh, Gaul was kind of already there. Yeah, but not really. The Danube region is not the entire Danube region. I've used yeah. the Danube region as a collect-all for several provinces for most of the series. All right. Um, we're so, now dealing with one province in the Danube region. So he gained a province, okay. Yeah. So when you say a huge area, you're actually saying it was a small part of a huge area. Ah, no, I see. I mean a huge area in terms of political importance. Ah. A lot of troops Oh, well, that's, that's, that's good. Yes, okay. so that yeah, is good. That. It was politically important. Right. That part. Uh, yeah, it certainly is nothing to be scoffed at. He He's going in the right direction. I'm impressed with him. Yeah. But he still falls short. Why? Because he didn't get rid of the vandals. That If that story is true about the boats being burnt in the docks by a small number of people, I really think that that is the one pivot point. Yeah, it's the... If, yeah. if if this attack worked and the Vandals were got rid of, you could see Majorian going on to do very well. And who knows, maybe the West would not have fallen. And if you could go back into history to try and stop the fall of the West, that's where I'd go. Because you could probably stop just a handful of men burning some ships. Not those two men, though. Oh, they were very cool. They didn't even look back when the, no. the ships went up. They were that confident. And on the way out, he asked the guard, you got a light? Oh, so he got the light from... Oh, yeah. they are so cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm impressed. I think a good eight from me. Wow, that is high. I know, I know, it's quite high. But the Empire was... It was nothing. No no Emperor. Literally no Emperor. Nothing. Okay, no, I'll go for I'm seven. You, you've convinced me. I'm going for seven. I'm not going to go up to eight. But I'll go for seven. Okay. You're impressed with him. That's 15. Image of Okay. <laughs> Never before have I looked forward <laughs> to this round as much as I do now. <laughs> Tell us, just a good job I'm sitting down. <laughs> <laughs> Let's face it. He was a god amongst men, wasn't he? <laughs> he oh, he was a beacon. He was a, he was a glowing light yeah. in a room of darkness. Unfortunately, we only have a coin. No, that's not going to do. It's oh, not going to do. I'm sorry. We want, like, this may take a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so one kill now. Damn it! <laughs> I'll give him a lazy eye. <laughs> He's only flawed. <laughs> <laughs> <A> double chin. <laughs> that wasn't my intention. <laughs> oh, I found your drawing ability matched. I need to say Picasso. <laughs> you see what I was trying to do? Put the eye in the wrong place. <laughs> That's a hat. That's his hair. I'm probably going to have to edit out how much I'm laughing at your drawing. <laughs> I don't blame you. It's your attempt at drawing. The sexiest man alive. <laughs> That's what was in my head. 
it does look a bit like a Picasso. <laughs> it's um, it's an interesting drawing. I see you've gone for a bit more effort than usual. Oh, but he feels. Like, I feel like he needs it. Hair like yours. Have you noticed? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. This apparently is what he looked like. Oh. It's a. It's a coin. <laughs> Do you know what I noticed? What drew my attention? What? A really small arm and a really small spear. <laughs> He does have <laughs> a massive head and a really little arm. I did, a really little yeah. I did not notice the little arm he has. <laughs> He's got a tiny little arm. <laughs> and with army, he defeated the gods. That's a tiny little spear, isn't it? Is it yeah, that's that's a spear and there's Sorry, a tiny no, shield. That's a tiny shield. <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's an emblem, hopefully, on his costume you can just tell they were doing their usual coin and they went oh should we give him some arm and a spear there's not really everything any room we'll just squish it in <laughs> oh that's amazing i didn't spot that okay well <laughs> that makes him look a bit weird <laughs> <laughs> i can't take it seriously man. he's got wavy hair oh we had yes he's he got has. he's got big wavy hair he's got a big eye i don't know it's hard to judge on these coins it's all right i suppose what's on the side oh oh did you see it no. You genuinely don't know? No. Because I am quite excited about this. Oh, what's on the side? The ant invasion's back. Yes! Oh! <laughs> and yes. it's got, what, looks like a goat on its arm? Or this claw? almost identical to Petronius's coin. But more detail. What? But more wow. detail. He looks less like an ant this time. Because um, one of our listeners did contact us to say that that ant invasion on the reverse of Petronius' coin was yeah. Petronius. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. And this is an identical image, and I checked this time, this is meant to be Majorian. This is obviously just a popular way to depict yourself at the time. Looks slightly like an alien standing on top of a head with a snake coming out of it. With, with a, a goat weird... on your arm. Is that a goat? Is it a is flamingo? It a I don't know. So we can use this one to judge him as well. Okay, oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, I think for entertainment value, it's going to score highly. <laughs> well, yeah, I was thinking middle of the road five, but you know what? I'm bumping that up to seven. Just... I'm, I'm matching that just yeah. for him having his weird little arm and spit <laughs> which has really amused me and the tiny tiny shield <laughs> it's like a toy yeah okay so that is 14 divided by 4 which is 3.5 it's 3.5 for image facious and I'll edit it to make it sound like I came up with that before you did how long did all that last see my go to answer is like between 6 and 8 years because that seems to a nice medium um so i'll stick with that six years not too bad it's from 457 to 461 and mm. it's four years oh didn't seem longer we are now in 461 we are now only 14 years until the fall of the west wow there's no time at all six emperors to go as well oh no <laughs> yeah Getting 14 close. years there. wow tempo completo scores are not going to be good in that one <laughs> So, that gives him a score, a nice round score of 0 0.5, if you call it half a round number. Um, so, that's not bad. No. And um, that gives him a final score. Oh, it's a nice round final score as well. Oh. Yes, I think only the second time this has ever happened, an actual rounded to an integer. 3.5, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He has got a final score, very impressive for this time, of 33. Nice. Very nice. Not quite the 40 club, but... No, he's but... In, he's in the 30s, that's... 
For this age, I am impressed. I think what got it was a success because he did he did so well by trying to build up the empire. Yes. It might not last after this, and it obviously doesn't. But I'm I was we we've got a conversation to have. We have. This he is the highest scorer since Constantine three. And I get the impression he might he might be our final contender. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, I think so. <laughs> I don't want to jump the gun, but you know when. I said, oh, actually, I've done some research and there might be some yeah, possible... Yeah. Majorian's who I was talking about. Okay. There was a possibility for Majorian. Let's um, discuss it. Let's discuss it. Do they have a certain Well, right, I'll be honest. Obviously, as I do the research, I get spoilers. Mm. And I tend to think throughout the week, what, what am I going to say? I've been toing and froing on this one. Have you? Yeah. Uh, usually I'm quite clear what I'm, I'm going to say, but... I don't know. I'm unconvinced. In some ways, I think, yes, definitely. Look, he's pulling the Empire out of its death spiral. But then at the same time, I think, was he actually that good, though, or is it just compared to the utter misery that's surrounding him? I think as well, you have to think about the, the context. Because you can't compare him to other emperors. You can't. You, you, it's impossible to compare him to Augustus or to Valerian. Yeah or Trajan, because very different time. I agree. Where he had, you know, they have a very single hold on everything. Everything's going legs yeah. up in the air. He's dragging and pulling it, and he manages to grasp back for the last few years or for the last few months, whatever, <laughs> a wedge of the Empire that had been, for all intents and purposes, lost. But the Empire was gone. Yeah. He pulled a bit of it back. Yeah. So I agree you can't compare with other emperors, all other emperors. So what I did is I started comparing it with two other emperors. Ooh, go on. I compared him in my head to Probus. Anticar. And Constantine III. Okay. Probus, if you remember, shortly after Aurelian has done an amazing job, Probus is also pulling the Empire through the crisis, putting things together. He had some victories. Yeah. Arguably, more than Majorian did. He did very well, but we did not give him Gene Caesar. We were very, very close. We liked him, but he didn't quite get it. Equally, Constantine III, more recently, was doing pretty much the same as Majorian. Everything was falling apart, and he puts it back together again. He doesn't quite fully succeed, but he does a very, very good job. We did give it to him. Was Probus... He was not in this situation Empire's in now, though. The Empire wasn't split. Being attacked argue, that made it worse. Every single angle was I being think, attacked. Yeah, Probus was coming off the back of Aurelian's successes as well. I think that's mm. why we marked him down. So maybe that's why. So he was riding the coattails. So I, I, I'm going to discount him. Okay. Constantine 3, though, I would argue that yeah. it's in the same, similar league as that. It's memorable. He has that certain something. He has a certain thing that was able to pull the Empire back. It could have fizzled out. Yeah, they might have they might not, not have appointed an emperor, and it was just fizzled out. He did put together a navy, an army. He went and fought, but used his political smarts as well. Yeah, and he he used, he used was daring enough to try something that Romans wouldn't normally try. Like, na- yeah. na- no, not doing a navy. Go yeah. on water. It's unnatural. And he looked damn good whilst doing it all. Oh, he was a sexy son of a mother. Yeah, Um. I think I know what you're going to say. Yeah down to you if not we have to do something well it's it's either a yes or the coin then isn't it mm. but you know what i'm gonna go with you oh yeah let's do it yeah let's have one more jeanne caesar before we finally finish season one <laughs> i mean who knows maybe maybe the next six are actually brilliant and i've just never realized before <laughs> 
just they just hit their brilliance really, really well. Well done, Majorian. <laughs> hey! hey, you are Genesis, our winner. Mine sort of flopped out onto there. <laughs> so it did. That's a bit disappointing. <laughs> Mine's covering the the microphone. That's that's quite that's quite yeah. apt. Yeah, it is. It's sad to think it's the last time we're probably going to do that this season. Um, Honestly, yeah. it's the last time. I don't know. I mean, Augustulus is the last. I mean, maybe that will swing it for them. So that's it for this week. Thank you for listening. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, don't forget, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter. And speaking of Twitter... Oh, yes. We did a, a poll last week. Yes, we did. And we have the results. And I'll be honest, results shocked me slightly. Um... I think there are a couple of heartless people in the world, but we'll, we'll go through the answers. The question was, well, the, the, the situation is, Caracalla is in power. Yeah. He insists that you kill one. Okay. Ooh. Here are your choices, Rob. Okay. You can either kill Jeff. Okay. Roger. Yeah. Gilbert, the death gonger. Yeah. Or Mr. Stabby. Ooh. Who would you kill if you had to, you had to pick one? Right, I'm not going to Mr. Stabby. That's his pet. He will kill me. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the trick question, yes. Yeah. Not going there. I think killing the person who is the harbinger of death itself mm. just seems a bit dangerous. He's a lovely guy, though. I'm sure Gilbert is a lovely guy, but I think if I tried to kill him, he'd look up, bang his gong, and then I'd die. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I'm just not going to risk that. So it's down to Jeff or Roger. Who on earth would want to kill Roger? He's just, he's just doing his job. And a damn fine job as well. Yeah. And let's face it, Jeff's going to die sooner or later anyway. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm going to have to say Jeff. You're going to say Jeff? I'm okay. going to say Jeff. I'd have, see, <laughs> in my head I was thinking, well, it's going to be Gilbert. But <laughs> since you've argued it that way, it's like, no. Or you going to attempt to. You, you don't want to test his power. No. I mean, is he announcing or is he making the death happen? No one really knows. <laughs> no one dare ask. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I guess with Jeff, you, you're almost doing him a favour. Yeah, so I'll probably say Jeff as well. Yeah, okay. But do you want to hear the results? Go on, give me the percentages. So I'll, I'll start from the lowest one and go up. So the person that our listeners were least wanting to kill was Roger. Only 9% of the votes. I can't believe he got as high as 9%. That shot me. I was hoping for a, a no Just percentage. no one would. But who would kill Roger? Well, somebody put that. Somebody actually wrote... Um, uh, Tyler, he said, I love that not a single person wants to kill Roger. <laughs> and then he put, <laughs> like, the same day, oh, never mind, some monster now wants to kill Roger. I spoke too soon. Yeah. So, Tyler, it's your fault. You spoke too soon. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, then it's a bit of a jump up now. The next least wanting to die was Jeff. Really? People, Jeff. Wow. People, people yeah. need to accept that Jeff's going to die. Yeah, he's, he's just, he's death squared. <laughs> it's going to happen. Yeah. It's like a bandage. Just just pull it off quickly. <laughs> and get rid of it. Yeah. Uh, 24%. Mr. Stabby the lion. Yeah. That's... And if you're going to kill a lion, you've got to have massive cojones to do that. Not just that. It's Caracalla's pet, seriously. You just wouldn't go there, would you? No, that's true. No. But the overwhelming majority, 45%. 45%. Almost half of the people that voted, voted for Gilbert and said he They're playing die. with forces they don't understand. Yes. I, I wouldn't go there personally. No, it's dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, but thank you for voting. Yeah, it was a nice little poll there. Yeah, yes, this is us testing our polling ability because we're coming to the end of the season and we might be asking for some polls. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay, well, thank you for that little 
addendum to the episode. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's good. Right, okay then. I think it's time to say goodbye. So until next time. He's so sexy. Goodbye. Goodbye. Eric. Hello. I'm your envoy, all the way from Rome. Oh, I must say, I've, I've not seen you before. No, I'm I'm new. Yes, yes, you are. I can't, can't remember ever seeing such a um, manly envoy before. Oh, yeah. And I can ramp that up. Do you want me to uh, turn the temperature down? You seem to be sweating quite profusely at the moment. Oh, I just had a hard workout, just doing some lumberjack jobs. Moving rocks, throwing tires. Oh, I can tell you work out. That's uh, quite a physique there. Yeah. Yeah, and that chin, that's like granite. And this hair, this raven black hair. Don't... Oh, oh, it's... uh, Is this cool? Uh, Hang on. Uh Majorian? Right, that's it. Guards, guards. Wait. Let me just... Whip my coke out. Is, um, it's impressive. Do you know what I'm more impressive with? I just drew a line in my book randomly. Yeah. And it's almost perfectly on the line in the book. That line there. Almost. What, this line that no, 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 I, I deviates added, wildly no, from... I, I, I just added that on now, but the rest was like, that's pretty... Because I wasn't looking what I was doing. That was just a random... I wasn't looking. I wasn't trying to do that. Tell you what, po- post it on Facebook and we'll let the listeners decide how impressive, impressive that is. <laughs> do you like my line? <laughs> If I put it on now, they won't know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> and that makes him more funny. <laughs>